Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. So let's see. The I've changed the official name of the show to Legal Stuff That You Should Know and Legal Documents That You Should Have. So there might be some folks out there who know about this stuff but don't have the documents. There might be some folks out there who have the documents but don't know about the stuff. There might be folks who have both and there might be folks who have neither. This show is intended for all of those folks. <laughs> <laughs> well said. That well covers said, a wide, wide scope of the boy, population. I'm exhausted just listening to I, it. I understand. <laughs> I set that up there. I just made that up. Anyway, we're talking well with we're talking and having some fun with Attorney Jerry Murphy from Weymouth on the subject. And so, folks, this is a call-in talk radio show. Uh, actually, I've been having fun so far. Jerry, you're a good guest on the radio show. Thank you, Mike. You know, Thank I, you I very had, much. And thanks for having me. This is and, wonderful. Well, and for an attorney, i got to tell you, you speak pretty much English, which is good. <laughs> I, I, You know, it's hard for you guys sometimes. Well, you, you know, <laughs> or them guys. Or Let whatever. me tell you, this is yeah. this is one of those miserable type topics. It truly yeah. is. And you have to make it. You know, nobody wants to really hear it, but they know yeah. they have to listen to it. Yeah. And they have to adopt it at some point in their life. Yeah. So you try to make it so it's easy to swallow. Understand yeah. it. Try yeah. to have a few laughs with it. Try not to make yeah. it a miserable Ugly thing, and and get it done, and that's well, what really we're doing here. Yeah, you're doing you're doing swell. A couple Thank quick, you. yeah. Uh, so so folks, first of all, this is a call and talk radio show. We've had two great calls, uh, and and although we're having fun, we'll be happily interrupted by anybody who would like to give us a holler <laughs> uh, with a question on the subject. Okay, so our telephone number here seven eight one. 
837-4900 and uh, please give us a call two quick announcements uh, so next Saturday's show all about uh, mortgages our darling daughter and business partner Alyssa and Jeremy Devaney of Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation will talk about the mortgage loan process, finding great rates, and available loan options. By the way, folks, this is not written in this announcement, but I have a financial piece of advice about mortgages. Okay, it's very simple. Have your mortgage retired when you do. Moving along, okay, two weeks from today, Saturday, March 9th, prepare March. Oh my gosh, Ooh, preparing already. for college costs. Once again, preparing for college costs. Tune in uh, for great pointers from me. I, Mary Beth must have written this, but anyway, about pre- <laughs> about preparing the cost for the cost of college, folks. There's like three ways that you can pay for college. You can save for it in advance. You can take it out of your cash flow. Or you can borrow a bunch of money. Okay, that's it. Okay, and and, and uh, I definitely have some very crystal clear opinions and biases on that subject, uh, having been a PhD uh, high school, middle school principal a long time time ago in my career. So uh, anyway, so next couple of weeks you want to tune in. Today we're t- again talking with Jerry Murphy, attorney from uh, Weymouth, and uh, we are now on topic number three of our eight. Eight topic uh, outline. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to make it. <laughs> it, it. It's okay. I might have to have you back. Thank Jerry. you. That's love to okay come back. too. All right. So, power of attorney. Go for it. Power of attorney is is uh, a real it, it, again the power the document the word power just exactly what it says. That is a document that um, speaks for you when you can't. It you know a lot of people will uh, have that misconception early on that well my father passed away, I have a power of attorney. No, a power of attorney dies when the person dies, so it's only when somebody's alive. And so what does a power of attorney cover? Think of it as personal business affairs, anything to do with your personal business life. Maybe speaking to your CPA, maybe speaking to your financial advisor like yourself, Mike. Somebody walks in your door, um, they've got a a strong power of attorney, you can speak to them. Maybe, um, you know, a lot of people... uh, children of the adult have to speak to the health insurance billing office and they won't speak to you without a power of attorney for which mine has built in HIPAA regulations so to protect the the integrity of the medical process the um, you know you might have a billing question you're not asking medical you're asking about a bill still requires HIPAA protection Uh, you might need to take it to the bank a financial facility may need to take it to the registry of motor vehicles for the person to say as if that person is standing right with you that document speaks for that individual so it's while you're alive and it speaks for you and there's i mean there's many different kinds i've actually bought a couple of houses from afar with giving somebody a power of attorney to do that for correct me. So, a limited yeah. power of attorney save for yeah. real estate okay and there are various limited powers of attorney that only extend for a day or two um okay. maybe a week uh-huh. You go on vacation, you, and similar to, to a medical authorization form, um, a lot of parents. This isn't just this isn't just about the really the elderly, but you have um, Alyssa has young children. For example, she sends uh, her kids off to camp for two weeks in the summer. She will be giving a limited medical authorization. 
to the uh, to the Guardians oh, for that week. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And they, they need to have that. And very similar to a power of attorney. You, you, you're you down, on, you're not here in Massachusetts right now, but you do need to conduct some business up here. A limited power of attorney for the period of time that you're not here would cover that base. Okay. And let me tell you, you talked about the, uh, you got the college tuition uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. Boy, my wife and I, we, we put our four kids through. And what a great raise to have when that's over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mom and dad got a raise finally with the four <laughs> kids being up. And they all did yep. well and they all yep. deserved it. But, boy, it's a, it's a, it's a long haul. So that, that's going to be a great segment for you. Thank you. So, so on the power of attorney, yeah. So you could have like a general one that covers like everything. Correct. Okay, and then you have specific ones for specific That's topics. That's correct. Cor- and for a, okay. usually for a limited purpose, correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, you'd be proud of us. Uh, we, we, uh, we have copies of, fi- of powers of attorney on file. Okay, for well done, any, any clients that have them. So, uh, awesome. in fact, that's part of our process of working with new clients because we get into those situations from time to time. You do. And we and we a, sure like to have that piece of paper. You and, know? and you need it, and then you can get your job done. Yeah, and, and we're hoping that the person who has the power of attorney is the one that actually called the office as opposed to... <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> that can get sticky. <laughs> it sure can. It sure can. <laughs> so... so um, Financial powers of attorney. I, I think more institutions like banks and brokerage firms, they're, they're, they're requiring specific ones for financial stuff. Is that correct? They, yeah, they want yeah. detail. And they look for just those banking powers terminology. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing, Mike, um, they're limiting the time on these. Um, the, you know, a healthcare proxy, the time period for that is probably no longer than three years that they'll honor them. Really? They want them fresher. Really? The banks and the financial institutions are getting actually tighter, shorter than the three years. Wow. There actually wow. is, a, is a, a, a local bank, I'll, I'll keep it with me, that they won't honor it for more than one year. Whoa. Which is really restrictive. I, I, I can't understand that, wow. you know, you and your wife go to the bank yeah. for the last 15 years every Friday to withdraw money, and the one time she walks in without you on that Friday and says, oh, well, Mike's in Florida. I need to take out $100. She's got a form that's three years old. No, we can't do that for you. You're sure you're not on the board of directors for that bank? Not that one. <laughs> not that one, Mike. That sounds like an attorney's relief act exactly or something like right. that. Hey, it's wow. great. You know, you look at it. Wow, it's great for business. Sure, you've got to come back in and update these things. But boy, Holy that's, mo- that's yeah. very, um, you know, it's almost punitive. It's, yeah. It, it, it's not yeah. fair. Yeah, we, we, uh, that's interesting. We are in a litigious society, and we worry about everything. We have all this paperwork, right? The paranoia well, is high everywhere, yeah, and I yeah. get the paranoia to a level. Yeah, yeah. But you got to open the door a little bit. Uh, folks, this is a call-in talk radio show. I'm talking with attorney Jerry Murphy uh, about legal stuff and legal documents, and uh, we're on the subject of powers of attorney. Our phone number uh, is 781-837-4900. You can call us with any question you like, as long as it relates to the general area of estate planning. Um, power of, so, Jerry, in a general power of attorney, is that, that that's obviously the most common one, basically? That's correct. That's the so, one most. So, yeah, what, what are the high points in there? What are the... What are the where the big areas you cover or stuff that you just typically have? the big one is the banking, okay, uh, mostly financial. Okay, that's that's really the heavy. Yeah, um, people need to get access to their uh, the children need to get access to money. Okay, funding. Yeah, um, you know, and it doesn't always mean that somebody's in a hospital or long term facility either. It sometimes you know folks decide I'm just I'm kind of done. I don't want to do any of this anymore. I'm, I'm tired of taking care of my own affairs. I'm going to let my son do it and. There's the document. 
and it works for that purpose. They will come and just, in, in essence, they will take over the role of the father in transacting the family business. Okay. But financially is usually the biggest ticket item in it. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, we, we know, I think. Yes, you do. <laughs> so, uh, um, so the, the, now, the is it the holder of the power? Well, who's the person who will own it? Would, it the, the agent, that, again, you appoint That's an agent. agent. That's right? an agent. So okay. you would appoint one of your children to serve yeah. as your yeah. agent and a yeah. successor agent underneath okay. in the event that the primary yeah. agent is not available. And, and I would have to guess that that's usually the same person that has uh, the, the uh, personal representative designation? Not, not? Uh, oh yes, with respect to the will, typically yeah. that follows that same line. Yeah. It's not always the same person, it's uh, the agent on the healthcare proxy. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, you know, a daughter might be a nurse, so she'd right. be a, yeah. a, per, a, pers- a perfect one for the healthcare proxy. Yeah, that's well, right. That's interesting. If there's one that's going to vary, it's going to be that one, basically. Exactly right? right. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the powers of return. So, um, let's see. Uh, you want to have, is it, is it good to have multiple ones or not? Uh, multiple, you know, I've had people, well, both of us have powers of attorney from my mom or right. this, that, what, what, What's your take on that? Well, with respect to certain items or? Yeah, just in general. I mean, my, I had an attorney a long time ago say, if you have two people who are powers of attorney holders for the same person, who breaks the tie vote? Oh, I see, the, co- the co-agent type yeah, scenario. Yeah, okay, so what, what, I don't, what do you tr- I don't advise that. I think yeah. that's, a, that's a tough place to be. Yeah. And, and I'll run into that when somebody said, well, I've got two children. Really, my youngest of the two is probably the best, but I don't want to offend. Yeah. Uh, so I'll tell them, you know what, still go with number two. As yeah. your as your child as your agent, but you know you can name the the one underneath as a successor. You don't want to have code because you're right. The tiebreaker yeah. situation, it, yeah. you're not. It's going to be a logjam. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So any other? This is pretty straightforward, I think. But are there any other things that you want to touch on with regard to powers of attorney? No, just that you know you need to have it if if uh, if the person is just unable to take care of the business and as well as like I said before it applies to the younger crowd as well um, you know husbands travel not around wife is here with the children they need to have it young young uh, parents with young children sending the kids off to camp they need the help you know a, a temporary health care proxy etc etc so um, those are two great solid documents that everybody should have Okay, uh, l- let me go back to something uh, way back in our first segment there sure. about Will. Okay, uh, t- talk to me about people choosing guardians and how do you deal with kids stuff? Okay? Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, that's got to be, and, right? And yeah. I'm going to tell you, out of the young young people, um, that's what keeps a lot of folks from actually doing it well. The yeah. parents can't agree yeah. on who's going to take the kids. My sister, your brother, right? That's right. Like that. And yeah. you know, okay, so my sister might be great with the kids, but yeah. I'm not going to let her handle the money. Yeah. Okay. Because my sister likes to, you know, take all the kids to Disney World four times a year, but I'd like to get them an education when they get yeah. older. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of, that goes on. And that's a long okay. discussion. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. uncomfortable. So people yeah. don't end up doing it because now the parents are fighting. They, they're arguing yeah. over, over that. Yeah. So, the, so, so, do you do you have that guard? That guardian thing is a separate document. That's not covered in the will. Is that I correct? build I build mine into the will. Into the will. I try to make okay. an, an, an inclusive document, so okay. you're not scrambling to find papers. And if God forbid it had to go before a judge to get looked at, the judge is looking at one inclusive document. Okay. It covers. It's covered under the law. It meets all the rules and regulations, and the decision can be made. 
Okay, it's easy cool. to, to present it to the clients as well. Yeah, okay. All right, that makes sense. Uh, okay, uh, in, in that case, let's see. I, I think we're ready for the big ones then, right? Uh, are you ready? Because they're going to get crazy. <laughs> okay, folks. Well, that's okay. And yeah. by the way, let's give out that phone number. Folks, this is a call-in talk radio show. We have open lines. That's a radio euphemism for saying nobody's calling yet, but hope springs <laughs> eternal. Yeah. Our telephone number, 781-837-4900. It's early, talk- Mike. It's early. It's, it's early, yeah. We're talking with Attorney Jerry Murphy on uh, estate planning documents. And, uh, and knowledge. And if you have a question on the subject, we'd love to talk to you. Once again, 781-837-4900. Okay. All about trusts. Uh-oh. We need six hours for this probably. Yeah, right? we, need a, okay. we need some time. But okay. we touched a little bit about it when um, Tom called in um, okay. and David. There are two types of trusts. There's revocable and there's the irrevocable. The revocable is designed, I would say, for those folks that are under 70 years of age. I think that's the safest time period. And that, as you know, um, uh, and for the listeners that don't know, you create the trust, meaning the, the uh, for example, myself, I create the trust and I can remain as the trustee because I'm under 70 years old and I can maneuver the money in and out of that trust, which is definitely not uh, what you can do in the irrevocable trust. You need to borrow, you need to put money in, you need to take out. Um, and the revocable trust, really the biggest key factor there is to avoid probate. So, you you know, the banks are uh, local banks. For example, um, you have a checking and savings account. Well, you can only list one beneficiary on those accounts. Unlike Fidelity, unlike some of the other major financial institutions, local banks, one, for, one beneficiary only. I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, wow. So... Really, what happens is you've got, you know, like myself, I have four children. Um, you know, you're going to list Emily, Jerry, Michael, and Catherine in the trust document as benefic- equal beneficiaries. But that would be contained, uh, again, language in the trust that then that trust is the beneficiary identified at the bank. So when I pass and uh, my wife goes and the money's held um, you're looking for the beneficiaries. The beneficiary is the trust. And the trust body says my four children are equal beneficiaries. Okay. Okay. I, I, a long time ago, I ha- heard an attorney describe a trust as a box that comes with a set of instructions about what to do with your stuff. And I'll never forget that. That's like <laughs> perfect from my point of view. So anyway, so, all right. So w- w- where do you want to go? Which one to talk about first? Like the revocable one? Well, re- yeah, revocable. Because yeah. we don't okay. want to make it all about the uh, older folks. Um, yeah. Well, well, and, and well, by the way, at doing an irrevocable trust, which we'll get to, it's yep. a huge decision for somebody to do that. It, and, it is. And, and, you know, it, it's just huge. And okay. every situation is different, not yeah. one size fits all. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the easy one then. Yeah, so the okay. revocable, you know, again, under 70 years old, folks should have, if they're really determined, I don't want to deal with probate, I want to make things life very easy for my children, uh, especially now if they own children, uh, they graduated college, but they're in their 20s, they're trying to get their life together. Last thing you want to do is to complicate that period of their life by having to deal with a probate court matter if, if that arises. If, in fact, you have that trust that set up a revocable trust and you named your oldest daughter or son as to be the trustee, when both parents are gone, then they are now in charge of that trust and follow the terms of the trust, which will say to you know my kids, one quarter each, make that disposition, write the checks, and it's over. And it is, it is as simple as that. Deal with the taxes if need be, if there are any, 
but there's no probate. So it can look like a will, except it didn't have probate Exactly right. No yeah, probate yeah, at yeah. all. And that's the benefit yeah. of the, of yeah. the uh, revocable trust. Okay. So, so um, you can do other things with revocable trusts. Uh, what, what happens if you've got a kid who's not good at spending money and you don't want to leave him money immediately? You can do something within you that would, trust. Uh, correct. You can yeah. do that. Uh, okay. you, can, you can set it aside that uh, you choose your oldest child to monitor that money on behalf of that child. They're not disabled. They're just, yeah. they're not good with money. You can't yeah. give them 10 cents because it's gone in a minute. So so a trust, you could, uh, uh, some kind of a trust could li- literally take care of one of your children while you were in the grave, basically. Exactly because, right. And built because, into the will, yeah. instead of giving little Tommy the money, yeah. you name little Tommy's trust, yeah. we'll get that equal share. Yeah. But your oldest daughter will take care of taking care of Tommy through the terms of yeah. that trust that you put in place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the the will is you're done and you have no control after the money went, but you can remain in control of some things if you're concerned about certain kids. And exactly certain right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly right. And, you know, on that same vein, um, you may have a handicapped child. And uh, or a family member, you can also look towards giving getting a supplemental needs trust put together because if there's a, a will and the well-intended parent wants to leave that disabled child X amount of thousands of dollars, uh, that that disabled child necessarily can't take that money because you're going to remove them from what they're receiving as a government benefit. Oh, okay, that's right. There's an offset there. Yeah, okay. Correct. Okay. So you want to be okay. very careful with that. So so yeah. from there, you would in your will, you'd say, my, my daughter will receive X amount of money to go towards the XYZ um, Supplemental Needs Trust, and that money in that trust terminology is earmarked for that child without interfering with the government benefit. Yeah, and so there's a brother or a sister who's the trustee on that that's making the decisions for. And uh, and you set and, the terms. Yeah, correct. I was going to say, and you, and you laid out the rules and regulations and the discretion there. In exactly right, that and that can yeah. be for the life of that child. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I have a... <laughs> One of our favorite clients, who's a real character, who will obviously remain nameless, uh, <laughs> I, I worked with her parents a very long time ago, and, and, and they were peach, peach folks. They created an irrevocable trust, put th- their assets in that, and, and she, she was not allowed to come into possession of the money until she turned age 55. Mm. And, and, and for, for many years, uh, she was unhappy about that. Uh, however... When she turned 55, she knew that her parents were right, okay? And, yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and actually, it took a long while for her to look back fondly on that, but that's kind of... So, I, you know, it, it, the, the thing that impressed me most about how you guys do this, the trust stuff is that you can take care of things after you're gone that would keep you up at night if you were dead, if you could be kept up at night. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, know you, don't wanna, yeah. you don't want to uh, lay out, you know, thousands of dollars um, on an 18-year-old, too, God forbid, the, the parent yeah. pass away. It, right, we all right. make bad yeah. decisions and, yeah. Yeah. At, at 18, we, and, yeah. but we'll make much better ones, say, after 25. Yeah, so I mean, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll put 25 down, or recommend 25 is usually the, the number of yeah. years okay. to get it. And I've seen people say 25, 35, and 45, and 30, exactly whatever. Right. So, so there aren't any rules. They're your own rules. They are, you know your child better than anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, really, I really like that whole idea because it puts people at rest, and they just know that their stuff is taken care and of. And there's you know? total comfort with it. It really yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so are there others? Okay, so we talked about avoiding probate. We talked about 
taking care of specific children or needs or situations. By the way, what, what, what about, uh, you know, God forbid, a young couple uh, with three kids, the, 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 young, the oldest is six, uh, they, they, the, the mother and dad die in an accident while they're out on a date or something, and the kids inherit a million dollars. How do you handle something like that? What, 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 how does that work? If there's no trust in place? or yeah. if, if there, Well, how would, you, how would you set up a trust to take care of that? Well, you've got to, yeah, you, you would hope that hopefully the parents had, had put a couple of things in place, at least a will, yeah. maybe. If not, you've got to go through the administration process at the probate court to get maybe one of their one of their siblings to take over, as, you yeah. know, the aunts or uncles. But they didn't choose. And they didn't choose, so the yeah, court's right. going to choose. Yeah. And then with the aunt and uncle that are appointed, we would then create a trust and hopefully that the whoever is the direct relative, the aunt or the uncle of the, of the decedent, would say, well, I know they wanted all the kids to go to college and that was kind of a high priority. Well, we can draft the trust at that point. Yeah. Naming the aunt and uncle as the trustees to accomplish that goal on behalf of the parents. Yeah, I, when we have young folks like that, we encourage them. You say, the, we tell them, you know, so if that happened and you both of you die tomorrow, what happens? And they all look like, oh God, I never thought about that. And I said, you need a kid trust. Go talk to an attorney. You need you a need kid it? trust. <laughs> and you know, the number of folks, Mike, you probably see it too. They'll come in to you and they'll set all this stuff up, IRAs and financial stuff, and they'll say, well, I can't leave, you know, my six-year-old the money. Well. 25 years have gone by and they forget to realize that well my child now is not 6 yeah they're 31 <laughs> we need to we need to make those amendments on uh. the beneficiaries yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, one other quick question on trusts and sure. wills. Um, it, people would obviously need to update any of their documents if something materially changed that affected the document. Correct. Like a beneficiary dies, whatever. But, right. but uh, how often would you say somebody should review or revisit or update their wills and, and documents just to kind of keep it current, even if, even if they think it's current, it might not be. So what, what's the time Right. I tell them on a transition time, first of all, when your children are no longer children, number one. Yep. That's okay. one thing. Okay. If you come in or you make any larger, bigger ticket item purchases, such as a second home, yep. or maybe you come into um, you were a, a beneficiary yourself and you you received X amount of dollars from your aunt that passed away, okay. um, you know, things that uh, need to be protected a little further. Okay. Okay. Um, Jerry, is is the realty trust an a revocable trust example too, or is that a whole separate ball? A game? realty trust is separate. Yeah. It is revocable. Okay. okay. Um, one of the you know there are mistakes in, in as you bring up the realty trust with the revocable trust. There are some people that say, well, I'm going to create the revocable trust. I know I'm only 30 years old, but I want to avoid probate. I'm going to put my house in the revocable trust as well, and I advise totally against that for the reason being that certainly, you know, you, you're going to put your money into that um, revocable trust, and that was your intent. I get it, to avoid probate. But when you record your home, and your home is identified as being owned by the revocable trust, now any, any asset or skip tracer folks out there looking to check assets, if they find your home is owned by a revocable trust, there's an automatic link that they can find your assets that are also contained within that revocable trust. Oh, wow. So I break it up. I'll tell them, no, you ah. absolutely want to do a separate realty trust. Okay. There's no hidden agenda. Your house is your house. That's your house. It's a realty trust. They have no idea that you have a revocable trust. They well, what, about folks, yeah, what about folks who own multiple properties? Do you do, you do multiple realty trusts for each uh, property or one big one? Or how's that if work? If you have a couple of 
a couple, a couple of properties you can get away with one realty trust. If yeah. you start uh, for tax purposes, you may then need a second trust if you start buying either uh, more expensive homes or multiple properties. All right. You know, son of a gun, I think we timed this like almost perfect. I think so, Mike. Have you done this before? This is going too smoothly. (laughs) Nice and easy. Uh, Folks, we're going to take a break and be right back. Thank you. 